This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to the first season of Fluster Clucks, when we launched at the beginning of the pandemic as a mom's retreat. We're no longer stuck in our houses, but most of us feel stuck in our anxious patterns. I'm Lynn Lyons, an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and I've been a therapist for over 30 years. And I'm Robin, your co-host and Lynn's sister-in-law. Parenting is a Fluster Clucks. And we'll help you find your way. We have typical categories of parenting. We've got stay-at-home parents. We've got working full-time parents. We have entered into a new category of parenting. This is the the stuck-in-the-house parents. This is new. This is different. This is unlike anything that most of us have ever experienced before, and it is really challenging. So hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm Lynn Lyons, and this is our first um, episode of a Mom's Retreat podcast. My sister-in-law, Robin, and I hosted a Mom's Retreat this past fall, and our goal, our hope, and it still is our goal and still is our hope, is to offer retreats in the future for parents as a way to connect, as a way to feel rejuvenated, as a way to learn how to best manage things that are going on in your family. But of course, we've had to put our plans on hold. And so this podcast has stepped in to take the place of what we are hoping to accomplish with Connection. Normally, my typical month as a psychotherapist would include seeing some clients if I were home. I still have an active private practice, but I also was doing a lot of traveling, a lot of teaching, a lot of speaking, and now, of course, that has stopped as well. So I welcome you to this first episode. Um, as I was saying, this is a new category of parenting. We've got stay in the house parents. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking about is how similar this feels to those first few months with a newborn. If you remember, you were in the house, you didn't know what the future was going to be. It all felt so new and so tiring. And I think that's why this feels so tiring. Not only is it a daily emotional roller coaster of what's happening out in the world, what's happening with our family members, what's happening with our income, what's happening with our kids' school, but we also are experiencing a steep learning curve. One of the things that our brains like to do is they like to find automaticity in things. And what I mean by that is that you learn with repetition to put certain tasks into an automatic part of your brain, and we're not doing that right now. So at the end of the day, if you feel exhausted, if you feel frustrated, if you think, why does this feel so hard? Remember when you had that new little baby, and at the end of the day, you said, what did I do all day, and why did this feel so hard? We're sort of in that place now. Yeah, Lynn, that makes perfect sense because I'm dressing like I just had a newborn and I definitely (laughs) feel like uh, 
that period. It That's actually comforting to realize that that is a place my brain has been before, but I know everyone I've spoken to just figuring out this new normal brings all sorts of uh, fears, uncertainty, moments of panic. And it is, it's just like, what do I do with this new little baby? Well, what do we do with this big new world? Right. So I know and it's an interesting time because knowing that I'm an expert in worry and expert in anxiety, I'm always talking to people about how to tolerate uncertainty. And, and a lot of worry has to do with the stories that we tell. A lot of anxiety has to do with the, the thoughts and the stories that we tell. And so this is different because we're all in this place of uncertainty. We're all in this place of anxiety. And there really is this, this, this differentiation to be made between what is an anxiety disorder and people telling these catastrophic stories and how are we really managing what's absolutely happening right now in the world. I think that's a great point because, uh, as you know, people think about anxious as a label. And so now we're in this period where everybody has to manage this uncertainty. And um, part of anxiety is uh, maybe fearing future of events that won't necessarily happen, like worry for no reason, right? Maybe that's how right. as a lay person, that's what I might think of as like someone who's really anxious. But right now, I would think everyone is feeling a lot of worry that they aren't used to managing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it's, uh, there's a, there's a, a very well known anxiety guru named David Barlow. He's retired now, but he defined anxiety as an overestimation of the problem and an underestimation of your resources to deal with it. But doesn't feel like that now. And, and in fact, we, we sort of are, were all thrown by the fact that it was sort of an underestimation of the problem and an overestimation of our resources to deal with it. So it feels like it's been shifted. And I think where we're in the moment right now is we're trying to find our footing, even amongst all of this uncertainty the, the things that we knew, the routines that we had, the income we counted on, the places that we went, the people that we saw have all been pulled away from us. And it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Even though we're all feeling this worry, even though we're all feeling this anxiety, we do want to pay attention to the catastrophic language and the catastrophic storytelling that we can do in front of our children. Yeah, but what does that mean when things do feel kind of catastrophic in a sense? How do we know when we're venturing into um, unhelpful territory versus validating real problems, real mm -hmm. concerns, and real stresses many families are facing. Yeah, we have reason to feel uncertain. We have reason to to feel as if we're off our, off our kilter a little bit. Catastrophic thinking and catastrophic parenting is when we talk a lot with our kids or even around our kids, because they are hanging on our every word in general, and certainly during this period of time, is that when we talk a lot about worst case scenarios... So when we, when we start what ifing, when we start saying, oh my gosh, we have no idea what our lives are going to be like in a year from now. And when we, when we jump out into the future and create these scenarios, 
we what we want to do instead is we want to talk to kids about being uncertain. We want to say, you know, it's it's absolutely true that we don't know how long this is going to last, but here are the things that we can do now. Here are the things that we're doing. Here are the precautions that we're taking. So we want to we want to talk about it in a way that conveys to our kids that we're paying attention to the information, that we're doing the things that we need to be doing, that of course we're going to have some worry mixed in there, but you really want to be careful that you don't go catastrophic in terms of saying, oh my God, this is this is terrible. I do not know what's going to happen. And oh my gosh, what if we, like all of that stuff is not going to be at all helpful for your kids. And honestly, it's not helpful for you either. When you go into your head and you start jumping into the future, things become problematic. When you're a parent and you realize, though, you're in the moment and you feel really triggered by what's going on and you can tell you're starting to feel catastrophic, what do you do to turn things around? In the moment, I think it is perfectly fine for you to, for one, take a time out. Um, and it really is okay for you to go into another room. Remember, kids are watching our faces. They're watching our expressions. So it's perfectly fine for you to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go upstairs and do a little something, something. At that point, just take a moment. Just take do, do what I call a reset or a reboot. A lot of people talk about calming down. And I feel like sometimes the idea that we can be calm through this is a little... Um, not, not really all that realistic, but to do a reboot and a reset so that you even, even look in the mirror. I talk a lot about being vanilla ice cream. I talk a lot about relaxing your face. There's even some really cool research about the fact that what you do with your face actually impacts the way that you feel. So it's really okay to fake it, but I really want you to, in the moment, to, to find a way to get that vanilla ice cream back. Um, the, the other thing, too, that we want to think about is what are we showing our kids about how we can manage this creatively? And silliness and doing things that are unexpected are a great way to shift the emotional tone in your family. So it may be that you decide that you are going to have dessert for dinner one night. It may be that you come downstairs uh, wearing all your clothes backwards. It may be that you uh, put a silly hat on the dog. Anything that you can do that can sort of get you out of that catastrophic place, that is actually an internal place. So anxiety is an internal state and it's a reaction to things that are external. But where it really gets going is when we go inside with our worry, with our anxiety, with our catastrophic thinking, and we have a little tea party in there. So do things that get you externally connected. So you really just sort of snap yourself out of the ruminating that you're doing. Perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you are a mom who's trying to keep your calendar organized, keep your family's appointments where they need to be, then I'll tell you, the Skylight Calendar is a product that you ought to check out. You know how it is. Running a household can be pure chaos and it can be so stressful. This is why you need to check out the Skylight Calendar. It is going to make your life easier, mom. It really is. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar and organizer for all your chores, groceries, to-do lists 
and a great way to manage appointments to make sure they never overlap and they're never missed. It helps keep busy households on track so families can get time back for moments that really matter. The Skylight Calendar is so easy to use and to set up. It's not going to frustrate you. You're going to be able to get it going within minutes. It syncs events from other family calendars, including Google, Apple, Outlook. You can add events directly using the touchscreen or with the free Skylight mobile app. Updates to linked calendars will automatically appear on the Skylight calendar at home. So no more worrying that you guys are going to forget something. No more cluttered paper calendars. It shows all family events together in one spot. The events are color-coded, so you can easily see what everyone has going on each week. When the calendar's not in use, you can turn it into a digital picture frame. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love the Skylight calendar, you'll receive a full refund. They offer a 120-day money-back guarantee and free returns. You can't beat it. I think the feature that I love most is the collaborative way we can all add to the grocery list. And then when I'm ready to place an online order, whether I'm at home or my office, I have that list and there's no more items that we forget. So as a special time-limited offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash flusterclucks. Mother's Day is coming right up. So order today to get 15% off your purchase at skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. Lumen is the world's first handheld metabolic coach. It's a device that measures your metabolism through your breath, and on the app, it lets you know if you are burning fat or carbs, and it gives you a tailored guidance to improve your nutrition, workouts, sleep, and even stress management. So how Lumen works is that you breathe into the Lumen device first thing in the morning, and you'll know what's going on with your metabolism, whether you're burning mostly fat or carbs. And then Lumen gives you a personalized nutrition plan for that day based on your measurements. You can also breathe into it before and after workouts and meals, so you know exactly what's going on in your body in real time. And Lumen will give you tips to keep you on top of your health game. I love the extra data that I'm getting about my health right now. Because for many women of my age, as we are going through a long chapter of hormone changes, Lumen's helping me use my body's data to make the best choices. So your metabolism is your body's engine. It's how your body turns the food you eat into the fuel that keeps you going. And because your metabolism is at the center of everything your body does, optimal metabolic health translates to a bunch of benefits, including easier weight management, improved energy levels, and better sleep, which is key. So Lumen gives you recommendations to improve your metabolic health. So what is metabolic flexibility and why should you care? Well, the key to metabolic health is something called metabolic flexibility. We love flexibility at Fluster Clucks, and that's where Lumen really shines. It refers to your body's ability to efficiently switch between using different fuel sources like carbs and fats, and there are preferred times to use each, and how well you can switch places you on the metabolic flexibility spectrum. So after getting to know you through your breath, 
Lumen gives you a metabolic flex score that you can track and improve upon. So if you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fluster to get $100 off Lumen. That's L-U-M-E-N-D-O-T-M-E. And use Fluster at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So I think sometimes we can get a little overwhelmed or even overcomplicate the idea that we can bring bring play into our families' lives. And I think what the message I'd want you to hear is that little things matter and it's not as complicated as you think and you don't have to put it on another list of things for you to do during the day while you're trying to work from home or you're trying to homeschool your kid or you're trying to do this or trying to do that i want you to really think about how in little moments you can just inject a bit of playfulness and a bit of connection into the day and just make that a habit well so what would you recommend people do that's not feeling like another chore. So if you think about doing something, like I was saying before, something a little silly, if you put music on and have a little dance party, if you um, uh, tell a joke, if you give your uh, kids a homework assignment, a little assignment that everybody has to bring a joke to the dinner table, if you... um, play a little game of hide-and-seek for two minutes. Um, Although I know if you have a toddler, then they will not give up after two minutes. But anything you can do that feels a little different than your normal routine in your house, because surprise is one of the elements of playfulness that really works. And if you listen to stand-up comedians, they will say that one of the things that makes something funny is the element of surprise. So just thinking how you can inject a little bit of surprise, something unexpected, something playful into your day, even in the smallest of ways, makes a huge difference in changing the emotional tone of what your family is going through. And the other thing that is so important about this is that when you are silly and playful, when you have those moments of being silly and playful, it is enormously reassuring to your child and to your children that you are okay. When they see you laughing and being silly, they will feel better about the circumstances that they're in. I I cannot overemphasize the importance of you showing them that it's okay to be silly and have fun. Do you think that there's a correlation with the families that you see that are really trying to manage their anxiety, that the households that have the greatest amount of worry probably also have the least amount of play? Yes, actually. Um, well, so, so yes, of course, it's not a, it's not that I can't say that as a, you know, always. Um, but here, here's how I see it. When I'm working with families that come in and they're really like this, the families, if I can get them back into a place of playfulness and play, then things unlock a lot easier and a lot sooner. There are some families who sort of do that anyway, but when they're in the grips of this worry, they sort of lost track of it. And so it's easy for me to sort of resurrect it. And some families have to learn it from scratch. And that is a little trickier. But I think that that's a really good point is that 
playfulness and joy don't really coincide with anxiety and worry and fear. It's hard to do both of those things at the same time. And so if we can just back off from the anxiety and fear enough to let a little bit of silliness and playfulness come in, it really does unhook things in a way that feels great for kids and for parents too. That's right. I mean, when we're all laughing as a family or dancing in the kitchen, yeah. Things feel okay, don't things they? Things feel okay, yeah. And one of the things that, that I was talking to, um, gosh, I don't even remember where I was saying this, um, but that if you think back as, a, as a, an adult, if you think back on those moments when you can remember your parents being playful, that those are often very wonderful and often comforting memories that we had as kids. You know, when I, my, my dad knows how to do the twist. It's the only thing he knows how to do in terms of dancing. And when he, he had this album, these albums called at the hop that my mom got him. Um, And when he would put on at the hop and my parents would twist in the kitchen, it just felt like the world was going to be okay in that little moment that everything was going to be okay. And I think that's what we have to help our kids with during this. That's great. I think one of the other things that I'm hearing from friends of mine is the slowing down part Mm -hmm. of being at home. I have a friend who has very structured weekends typically with her family and she mentioned that because they can't go on hikes and they can't go exercise and go do classes that they spent a Sunday just playing a board game and she said we never would have done that before yeah and one of the things too um and this is I I wrote a a blog post about this a I don't know a few months ago now I, I don't know exactly when but it really is talking about play and the importance of play. And I think we're sort of in this unscheduled time where we don't have lessons to go to and this and that, that we are going to have more room to play with our kids. And I think that that is going to be a benefit from this if we can give ourselves some room to do it. Some of you probably have the book Anxious Kids, Anxious Parents already. So if you have that book in your possession, just a reminder that at the end of every chapter, there are tons of suggestions and ideas for you to use with your kids. Um, I, I know that there are some ideas and some ways to get your creativity going in there. Um, so you can check that out. One of the things you always talk about when you speak to different schools, because I've heard you, you know, speak in in different uh, gymnasiums and auditoriums, <laughs> um, are the the games. And then you also talk about like assigning everyone the task to do something kind to the another family member. Right. What's that one too? Because that's another one if you have older kids who the play isn't as relevant for. Yeah. So um, again, and it it speaks to this idea that worry and anxiety are really internal and they get in the way of that external connection that's so important for us now. So the assignment is that everyone in the family has to do three things to brighten somebody else's day. So you pay attention during the day and it can be small little things. You bring somebody a cup of tea or you give somebody a little shoulder massage or you write them a a little poem or anything that you can do that can get you out of that internally focused place and that it really supports the idea that meaningful connection is what we crave and what we certainly need now. 
That's great. We'll start that tomorrow. Okay. So thanks for joining us on this first episode of A Mom's Retreat. We want you to know that whether you're listening to this while you're walking outside and getting some sunshine on your face, whether you're listening to this at the end of a long day and you're in your bed, or maybe you're just hiding in your car trying to get some peace and quiet, you are not alone in this. We are all in this together. The purpose of this is for us to feel connected and to feel supported. And that is what Robin and I are really hoping to do with this. So enjoy. We are looking forward to creating more episodes for you. And please go to Apple Podcast and download this so that we can support our mission of being connected as this unfolds in this interesting time, as everyone keeps saying. So thanks so much. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking